That's the best one right there. It's funny, my teammates say, you act like you just got out of prison. I said, well, you know. I would be mentally a lot sharper at this point had I eaten more cheese. You know, obviously, kind of like the master in the, you know, had one. It's never been about revenge. It's about a reckoning. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Package podcast, go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer Zizmanowitz and, well, this past Sunday couldn't have been much worse for the Green Bay Packers and podcast fans alike. However, I'm pleased to announce we have some good news. The drama from the summer of Aaron Rodgers may be solved, but we had our own drama we had to deal with this offseason. But lucky for us, this national nightmare is now over. The Poor Man's Packers podcast was a shell of itself throughout the offseason. No soul, no heart, but today we are made whole. I'm joined by not just a man, but rather a true podcasting god. His takes are hotter than the Jacksonville sun. His analogies and observations of the Packers football team are unmatched throughout the internet. He's the creator of the MBS Express. He's a gold package season ticket holder. A man so committed to the game that he said he'd sacrifice his own life for Aaron Rodgers. But above all else, he's shown time and time again that he isn't an idiot. He's here today, mic in hand. So ladies and gents, boys and girls, join me in welcoming the star of the show, Kyle Turkowski. Reggae horns, reggae horns. That's right, folks. After a long, stressful, tumultuous, and tension-filled circus of an offseason, multiple reports coming out that the situation wasn't fixable, a seemingly inevitable <laughs> premature divorce, one side saying they weren't coming back, the other publicly pleading for them to come back, and then an eventual agreement to temporarily mend the relationship and return to each other, only to show up and be a massive disappointment to start the year, Aaron Rodgers and Kyle Turkowski <laughs> are back. Wow, well... That is quite the intro. I guess I did not expect you had something pre-prepared like that. I did. And you probably didn't think I had Metallica. I, I, it's not lost on me, the parallels between myself and <laughs> my Lord and Savior Aaron Rodgers situation. A lot of uh, a, a bumpy off season, uh-huh. um, you know, some, some infighting. With within the organization that some was public, some was not. Yep. Not all the details are out there. I made some moves that you didn't like, and you know, I, you know, I, there might be fault on both sides here, much like the Rogers situation. But we're here. We're here. We're here today. You and know, week one, we're here. And again, as an ode to the Packers' week one performance, I plan on having no preparation for this episode <laughs> yeah. and just kind of speaking from my ass, which is what I usually do. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's what the Poor Man's Packers podcast is. And we are, however, still joined with one Hank. He is officially now our producer, our fact checker. Um, Hank, I know you've talked a lot in the last two episodes, hoping that Kyle would be back. How does it feel to be here for the actual rejoining of the podcast? Well, just one poor man to another. I don't know. It's like, it's like I've spent so much time thinking of what this moment might be late at night in the Hanksmint, you know, at home, (laughs) 
and and I I don't know like last year having dreams of this moment and then all the drama that unfolded this year, you know it's like it's like watching your favorite TV show and then suddenly being in the primetime episode. <laughs> and to be quite honest, it is one of the deepest honors and privileges of my life. And I don't know I don't know how I can top it. You know, it's like. When we won the Super Bowl uh, in 2010-11, and, and then every season after that, it's just kind of like, I don't know, mm. you know, even like you never seem to get there, mm. you never seem to get there. Yes. And, and so like now it's, I'm kind of worried. I'm like, will I get there? Will I ever get here again? <laughs> here um, we are, folks. But I'm just so honored. I'm so happy and excited to be here. I'm very pumped about the addition of Hank. He's got, he's already coined a phrase that I have not stopped thinking about since I heard it. Um, and I just want to cover that quick when you guys were talking punts and you said, hang time is the most chill. (laughs) And that has stuck with me forever because that is some wisdom. You simply cannot, I mean, you can pass down to generations and and you should. There were so many bits last episode that I couldn't even give a, I couldn't even keep, it was, I couldn't react properly. And you know, just to kind of explain my side of the story, it was never about the replacements. It's about the people. Ah, and uh, I, I think Hank is a great addition. Uh, he, he's a nice kid. And that had no impact on my temporary absence. I just want to get that out there. Okay. Yeah, that's good. It's uh, I like to think that Hank was Randall Cobb. Yeah, maybe he is a bit more Jordan Lovey. <laughs> I, I would say it just feels good to be here with my two dads. <laughs> All right. Well... Unfortunately, we do have a football game to talk about. Uh, this will be it'll be a little different uh, of an episode. We'll talk about the major struggles. I mean, there's potential. Li- there's there's literally nothing to talk about with that game. If you want to actually, yeah, like this this what this podcast is for, or what discussing the previous game is for in this specific circumstance this week is just complaining and so if you want a place to come and feel like your complaints are heard you you are in the right place because all we're going to do is complain we'll complain we'll also try to be a little bit more optimistic well yeah well there's some minor things we can be optimistic about but yeah we'll break down the game a little bit our (laughs) talk more about what we think this team could be going forward we'll have uh, of course returning finally is kyle an idiot yes We'll have our preview of the Lions game, hopefully a bounce back game. And we'll even have a new segment since we have a new partner of the podcast, Hank's segment, to help uh, lead us out of this episode. So Wait, isn't it? I, I thought we'd reveal it. You oh, reveal okay. It. We'll, no, no. We'll no. reveal it. There I you just, go. It's, There's it, a tease. The, the, the name of the segment is not Hank's segment. Let's just get that out of the way. Yes, we'll, we'll really, announce it. Really burying the lead there. We'll probably have to make some type of drop for, for Hank's segment as well. So... Without further ado, let's get into the terrible game. The Packers lost three to thirty-eight. Three. When is the last <laughs> three points? When's the last time they scored three? I I'm trying to think. What did we get shut out by the Lions um, in oh, 2018? No, okay. When's the last time an Aaron Rodgers led team that played for more than three quarters scored three points? I, Ever? I couldn't tell you. I'm sure it it was posted on Twitter somewhere, but it was. I mean, they did not think it like. They didn't score a touchdown. That's amazing. 
Yeah, even even when Jordan not Love even and in, Aaron yeah, Rodgers not even in garbage football. time. It it was about as terrible of a game. It's I don't know where do you want to start, Kyle? And they There's got so many Hanks, the, the Saints had Hank's uncle playing <laughs> cornerback, and they couldn't get open. There's yeah, it's going into it. I would have assumed MVS was going to have a large touchdown. I thought Adams would have had multiple touchdowns. I would have thought Randall Cobb would have had multiple catches, as everyone saw too on Twitter. Like twenty people tweeted it that. Uh, Randall Cobb's first reception of the season came from Jordan Love, which was a pretty ball. I don't think. Yeah, I think I've my absence. Oh, I never got to get any Jordan Love takes off. Yeah, well, hey, can, maybe. Well, lucky for you, we were so bad this first week. You can talk about Jordan Love, but a you bit kind of get into it. Uh, you kind of sparked something talking about MVS because I'm just gonna blurt in with anything positive about this game. I mean, yep. since it's so few, it probably won't happen often. But I, I kind of liked what I saw with MVS, even though it was very limited. Like. I feel like the way they used him was a little different. Like, I know there was a couple, like, when Rodgers snapped and boom. Like, usually he was never reliable for that sort of shit where it was just, like, quick, snap the ball, get three yards, whatever, quick yeah. hands, like, you know, get off the line, stuff like that. And I think that is that is one small encouraging part, especially considering his last game before this one in the NFC Championship where he was the best player. I do have a list of some positives here, and that is one of them where – he did have that fourth down catch, the fourth and one where he picked up like three. And I think mm -hmm. that was in the first quarter. And we're like, oh, okay, maybe maybe we will turn the corner around here and get the mm -hmm. offense going. But I don't know. We'll dive into that as well. But to get things started, uh, I mean, overall, what a disaster. I figured we should start about uh, talking about Matt LaFleur. It's something with... Every time we have these shit kicker games that happen against the Bucks, it happened against the Niners where he gets in the press conference and you like honesty. But one of the first things he said is we got away from the run too early. It happens every single time we get, get blown out yep. and it's gotten it's the, the same. Point, yeah, it's the same excuse every single time. Always the same one. Um, I guess. I don't know. Uh, LaFleur's play calling. Are you concerned with his play calling going forward? It keeps popping up and it's a constant trend with these losses. We only had four rushes in the first half in this game. Well, no, you said it best. And I guess that's not even something I, I realized until you just said it is that, yeah, every single time they get embarrassed, it's the same exact excuses trotted out. It's, oh, got away from the game plan. Stop running the ball. It's like, okay, well, like, yeah, you're down 17-0 in the second quarter, but you can still run the ball. You don't have to now throw it every single time you snap the ball. Like, I... I am a little concerned that because like it just feels like now of the losses within the LaFleur era, they've all been absolute. Well, most of them have yeah. been absolute embarrassments. And yeah. now it's like I just feel like that could be lurking around the corner any any week, especially against a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. It's something and we've we've said this a thousand times on this podcast, too. But the Packers for our adult lives watching them have always been. A finesse team there and under Matt LaFleur too this might be a little too harsh but almost a timid team where if we fall behind it's for whatever reason with still an explosive offense it's tough for us to get back where once we're down it's like in it's the stupid you know sideline police of what does everyone look like but it's really like there's no emotion on the sideline and they're just kind of going through the motions yep. I I don't know I was just like oh we tried our best in the first five minutes but we just don't have it today. Let's uh, yeah. let's just hang out the rest of the game. The other question I'll bring up, and we did talk about a little bit um, after the game, but 
it's something to be brought up. What do you, do we need to play more guys in the preseason? I think at first my thinking with this is, you know, we are still the team that lost Jordy Nelson and Brian Balaga in the preseason to torn ACLs. But at the same time, when we have guys like Dean Lowry, like sitting out in the preseason, maybe we should play some more guys. Kyle, what do you think? I, I, I'm conflicted on that stance because leading up to week one, I'm like, yeah, don't, I mean, Aaron Rodgers won an MVP last year without, you know, playing a snap preseason. Granted, no one played a snap of preseason. And I just think it's kind of a lazy, I, I thought it was kind of a lazy take, but then after seeing what, what happened on Sunday, it's like, Geez, maybe these these guys needed like a, a real live game feel. Like, yeah, sure, you can say the joint practices with the Jets yeah. to get the you know see another jersey in, in live action. But I don't know. Maybe there's just something different about being in a packed stadium and and actually getting live reps and it right. mattering. I just I, I'm kind of shifted to the camp where yeah, maybe they should get a couple series in the preseason. It literally took like a game for me to completely change my opinion on it too. So it. you were the same where it was just like I eh. was the same well, I think it's a hybrid. You know, anyone who's worth a shit, do not play them. Jair, you know, Zadarius if he wants to play, Devontae, they're not playing. But yes, the Dean Lowry's, the Tyler Lancasters, yeah. those guys need to be suiting up. Yep. But the other thing to talk about Matt LaFleur, uh he finally did have a decision to make this offseason where um, obviously we moved on from Mike Pettin hmm. and there was question marks with who he hired at the time. Joe Barry, uh, let me, I went back to see exactly because I remember he was kind of, he had a decent quote after firing Pettin and looking for a new guy. This is what he said in his press conference right after the season. I think you look at the great defenses around the league. There's a certain mentality that comes with that. And it's not necessarily what you're calling, but how you're playing every call. I do think there's some areas where we can continue to educate our players and be great in those situations so that if a third and short (laughs) situation occurs, you're not playing way off. You don't want to give up freebies. You want to make people earn every inch out there on the grass. LaFleur said he wants his defense to, quote, swarm and give great energy and effort, which leads us into... Joe Barry's first game as defensive coordinator. They obviously gave up 38 points. Kyle, um, hearing that quote there, I think we'll have similar thoughts, but what did you think of Joe Barry's defense? That the philosophy has not changed at all. It, you, I mean, if you would have told me Mike Pettin was the D coordinator for that game, like everyone would believe you. That's the case. It, the Packers defenses since the Super Bowl run have just made me so jaded. And this offseason, you finally get a glimmer of hope to be like, all right, maybe we can be a tenacious, right. nasty defense that's going to punch you in the mouth. And then it's just the same exact thing week one. And it's so now it's kind of like, oh, well, the the formula for this team the 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 script for this team is pretty much identical to last year's they're pro they i i'm very confident the office is going to get rolling and they're going to score points absolutely but it's the same old defense they play flat-footed they don't want to get beat they're nine yards off and a good court and they give 
a def- they give an offense six to eight yards of play, and a good quarterback in the playoffs is going to take six to eight yards of play and score 30 plus points. It, it's so obvious with this with this defense and it it's as clear as day from the week one showing. It's a terrible hybrid of literally the worst parts of the Dom Capers defense and the worst parts of Mike Pettin's where we already <laughs> it didn't if if nothing else Mike Pettin we obviously wanted him fired and we were happy when it happened. But the one thing that he did fix were the big plays. We didn't have a lot of big plays under Mike Pettin's that's defense. That's by design. Like that's right. their defense, though. That's their philosophy. Absolutely. And I'm saying in this game, we had the big plays. We had the Dom Capers where the defensive backs are passing off receivers and pointing when they're running and wide open it, in yeah. space. I don't know how many screenshots I saw of the ball being snapped. It, like it, It's a froze, frozen frame of the ball being snapped and a Packers corner like pointing at a wide receiver or looking at another defender and pointing at them. Like it just so frustrating. Same old shit. Hank paging in such an honor to be here. Seriously. (laughs) Come on in Hank. Water's just fine. I wore a black shirt today because I knew I'd be sweating through it. (laughs) So I'm haunted. I'm haunted right now by holes, holes in my wall, (laughs) holes in the defense. Mm Mm-hmm. Everywhere I look, I just see holes. Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. Um, I see four, six yards, middle of the field always. And, you know, I just, I can't get the phrase out of my head, but it might just be Joe Barry's just not that scary. (laughs) (laughs) And I know it's overreacting, but it... I, I can't help it. I've been overreacting all week. Mm-hmm. Any little inconvenience? I mean, how does does he know how how he's made us feel? I, I if he did, I think he'd prepare a lot better. Yeah, and if I have to hear one more time about how much energy he has, oh, you know, like I don't care. He he had to been hustle boy on his high school sports <laughs> team. Coach's you know, son sweating. He's probably screaming when he's lifting in the gym. Yep. Um. And oh like, yeah, like attention. a look at me type yeah, of guy. Look at me. Type yeah. Of guy. You know, I'm, I'm lifting work, so hard. Working hard. I'm invested. But sometimes people like my whole life I've been invested, and it's just you know sometimes you're just not good enough. And I feel that you know I I hate to say it after week one, but it might be that Joe Barry's just not that scary. <laughs> I think honestly that is the model until proven otherwise for Joe Barry. Yeah, it's not that scary. The big thing, Joe Barry, Mister Not That Scary. It's it's funny too because one complaint we had with Mike Pettin early on too is like you know he was calling up from the booth and then he was on the sideline and yeah he didn't bring a lot of energy but I don't know what the hell Joe Barry he's he seems like a cool like science teacher or English teacher like that's the energy he brings he. He's very We're like a know, outside linebackers kids? coach or something. Exactly. Oh, almost like that's what he was at one point. Gordon. Oh, really? He I was the inside linebacker coach for the Rams. But I guess wrapping up on Joe Barry too, a, a couple other thoughts I had. Uh, I know we've joked a lot that this was like the fourth preseason game for the Packers, but it really is like he called it like it was a preseason game, like the most vanilla bullshit, like every... Every single like, play, especially it was against for. Sean Payton, yeah. and especially against Jameis Winston, <laughs> yeah. and especially against Alvin Kamara, they they were like, okay, Alvin Kamara is going to beat us, and it's like, all right, 
Alvin Kamara will beat you. Why didn't he just load the box and force Jameis Winston to make a bunch of tough throws? He threw for five touchdowns and somehow threw for 140 yards. The first quarterback It's ever, honestly, yeah. it's so... Wow, dude. Like, he really let Jameis Winston just, like, not do anything, but yet throw five touchdowns. It's... It is remarkable because even you look back and it's like, well, Kamara didn't really kill us, but he was the guy who moved the ball. And Jameis, it's not like he really destroyed us either, but it's just every single touchdown. It's like guys are wide open. Like what? what Wide open. Like Chris, uh, uh, a lacrosse player scored a touchdown and wasn't even guarded. Yeah. Yeah. There's their their, uh, converted tight end. He uh, he was a wide receiver and he scored, you know, two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a big dude, though. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, that's true. So I guess wrapping up Joe Barry here too, Kyle, do you think Joe Barry is going to finish the season as the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers? He, unfortunately, yes. I, I just died. There's no way. There's I'm, no way he doesn't. It's LaFleur's picked guy. Like It's LaFleur's picked guy. Wouldn't but, it be his call? Absolutely. But it is a... This is, as you've heard a million times, an all-in year. And if we're shitty... I don't know why you don't turn to a Mike Smith or a Jerry Gray who both got interviewed for it. And one more, (laughs) I keep saying one more thing. These defensive coordinators, it would be nice to get an actual like football guy as a defensive coordinator, like a Mike Smith, a Dan Campbell, you know, the head coach Mm -hmm. of the Lions, just someone who yells, who who, like looks very unapproachable. Yes. And like just kind of grunts when they sit down. Yeah. And grunts when they stand up. Just stuff like that where, and they're kind of grizzled. They always got like a shadow, maybe like a handlebar mustache even. Yeah, that that would be nice. Someone who's bad in press conferences. But yeah, now that I think about it, Joe Barry, he, I mean, he's a little too cleaned up for, for a defensive coordinator. His pressers too, it's just like big ideas, but not actual like X's and O's for improvement mm. stuff. And I mean, Petten was fine with explaining things, and Joe Barry has been too. But it's like we need some dumb football guy idiot to be there. I feel like God. Now we'll it's see. like now I'm thinking it's been three defensive coordinators with basically the same philosophies, where it's like yes. Ben don't break. Not so now I'm starting to think: Is this Mark Murphy's fault? Is he like? Is this what he sets the parameters at for a defensive coordinator hires? Like. I, I hate when the Packers get scored on for a 75-yard touchdown. So whoever you hire for coordinator better make an emphasis to not allow those. I th- I think it is something. So my, yeah, that's that's actually the move. We're blaming Mark Murphy. Yeah, I believe it is, <laughs> to be serious, something that Aaron Rodgers probably is kind of pissed out, off about how we haven't made those big moves. The the largest detriment against Mike McCarthy was sticking with Dom Capers for too long. And we're, we mm-hmm. always stick with these defensive coordinators for so long. As much as we talk about Rodgers not having enough Super Bowls and the Packers not winning as much, you know, in the time that he's been here, all it usually comes down to is this defense. If we have a good defense, that will win the Super Bowl. Our best defense, we won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And the second best one we had was in 2014 when we should have won the Super Bowl. And the Bowl ticket well. was punched. One thing, too, I feel like is our defense is always like out of sync with our offense, too. Right. Yes. It's like a bad date. Yes. It's like one person's never feeling it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it's always just like 
at least when the defense was like letting a bunch of points get scored like way back in the day, we were scoring lots of points. Exactly. Right? It just feels like that relationship. They're just like they must not talk to each other. It must be like never see each other. I don't know what's yeah. going on. You know. They yeah, that's a great point. It seems like they never have a good day at the same time. Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm sure this I like I'm gonna sound like an idiot because I'm sure it probably happened like last year. But like when's the last time the Packers scored thirty five plus? And the opponent scored like 13 or less. Like, like you're right. It's if we're scoring a bunch of points, the defense is letting up a bunch of points. If the defense lets up 14 points, the final score is 17-14. Like, it's just they can never have a simultaneously good day. Never. It's and we heard it last year a lot too. It's complimentary football. Like that, that was Petten's crutch always was, Oh, we play complimentary football. It's like, yeah, because you have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't compliments have to do literally everyone. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we'll talk about some of the players in this game. We haven't even really touched on that. Literally, we've only talked about like <laughs> philosophy shit yeah. here so far. Aaron Rodgers, uh, one of the worst games of his career. I'm sure everyone saw the tweet where his pass rating would have been better if he would have just dropped back and threw, threw the ball at the ground mm-hmm. every single play. Mm-hmm. He was 15 uh, for 38, 133 yards, and the two touchdowns. Two interceptions. Sorry, two interceptions. Thank you, Kyle. That led it, to. It's touchdowns. good to be back. It's not a. It's not a podcast unless you're correcting me when I <laughs> forget how to read. But yeah, I. I don't know where to begin on this. I once again, the offense is going to bounce back, but he was just so off even before the picks too. Like he was just missing guys who were wide open too. It's. It's so. It's so weird. I think he mentioned in his. Uh, in his post-game presser where they came out in two-shell look. I'm not yeah. really sure the intricacies or, like, the assignments of what that coverage is. But, like, I mean, it can't be a look that Rodgers hasn't seen before or LaFleur. And it's to think, like, all right, so they surprised you with their game plan. <laughs> so you're just going to keep throwing the ball at, at the was, cover two shell that it's hard to throw on. How long does it take for you to realize they're like, oh shit, they're, they keep doing it. And it's the third quarter. They just keep playing. Like that, it's huh? one thing. I mean, in week one, it's pretty inexcusable, but I understand if in the first 30 minutes, you got no juice, yeah. you know, no hype, nothing's going right. All right. You go into halftime and you just take a deep breath and you come out fired up. You, you know, have you ever seen that uh, video of the Jaguars big dude? He'd have the trainer just, absolutely slap him in the face uh henderson or something big dude charlie henderson something thank you hank that's why we have a but he would just slap him up and it's like do something like that in the second half come out and make the game competitive but there was no adjustments there was no juice for any of the four quarters and it's just like it's so inexcusable well i will say this and we always have these yeah butts when we get shit kicked where i'm like well you know the three points there's really no well i'll it's you know the but the effect of how everything you know affects everything else if Rodgers doesn't throw that interception. True. That first one in the red zone, it's a different game. One possession and, game with and, 12 minutes left in the third. And that fourth and seven for the Saints. <laughs> that four, or it wasn't even fourth and seven. That fourth down. If that doesn't happen either, no, no, it's no. a completely No, no, no. We, we can't do that, though. Why? We can't do that, Why? though, with that play. Because that the 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 possibility of there being a alternate universe with a reality <laughs> that the Packers don't give up that fourth and seven does not exist. I, yeah. I'm just saying that alternate timeline is not a probability that is theoretically, even theoretically possible. Well, there you go. I guess 
Uh, I would like to believe that that variant is possible for nope. all the big Loki fans out there. I'm sure there's a ton of them listening. It's like I think uh, I was watching one of Nagler's things, and I think I think someone pointed out that on that fourth and seven, the the play before was like a third and thirteen, and he like ran the ball oh, God, because yes. he knew he was gonna go for it on fourth and seven, and he knew he was gonna pick it up with ease. We are in the second quarter, <laughs> second quarter of the season, and opposing teams already know that they can run it on third and long because they'll convert on fourth. Like long. the new defensive coordinator got schemed on in his first. That doesn't. Uh, mm. Yeah, we have fucking fucking Joe Barry. Not Moving on, Mister. Not scary. Not Joe. Say it. what is it? Joe Barry's just not that scary. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Uh, we'll go through the pass catchers quick here. Um, obviously, it's tough to perform when Rogers had the day he had. Adams had five catches, fifty-six yards. Cobb the one reception for thirty-two from Jordan Love. From Jordan Love, nice uh, ball. Big Dog and Amari Rogers each had one catch for nineteen yards. Amari had the first uh, reception of his career from Jordan Love as well, his first completion. And MVS had eight targets, three receptions for seventeen yards. Robert Tunyon also had that drop on the first drive as well. So, not a lot of good stuff there. I would just like um, just a sidebar quick about Jordan Love. Uh, oh yeah, you haven't. Yeah, we quick, haven't heard quick any take Jordan about Love him. This is. Completely independent of Aaron Rodgers. This is this has nothing to do with him. This is just the evaluation of Jordan Love, the football player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Hank here. Very happy to be here still. Come on in, Hank. Yeah, I I, I agree, Kyle. Yes. I was just like watching watching those balls were nice. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it gave, it gives you hope. Yes. You know, and I think that's really important. What we need to lean on right now. Um, and I Hope. will say, when he when he fumbled right and got hit, oh yep, um, learning just, experience, yeah, just like the interception against and Buffalo. Like, yeah, and like I just gotta say, I just wanted to pick him up, scoop him up, and just hold him. And yes. say and say, Uncle's not gonna hurt you. <laughs> you know, Uncle's not coming down. You're safe with me. Yes. And like I just want Jordan, if you're listening, you got Packer fans that have your back. Absolutely right. I echo that sentiment too about wanting to cradle him and. And caress him, just, okay, and make him make sure he he's okay. Because uh, again, what's the motto? We love love. We love love. Yeah, it's it's probably the biggest positive out of this game is Jordan Love once again looked all right. There's something about you know ah, just the way like I don't know the 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 way it looks when it leaves your arm and and the throwing motion. I I judge a quarterback heavily on that, and Jordan Love's got the goods. We'll, like we'll I, I had the same feeling about Kyler Murray. That that ball just leaves his hand very pretty. Like, um, uh, who else? Deshaun Watson doesn't have a really yeah, pretty throw. Yeah, uh-huh. I just want to go on a tangent on Please. Kyler Murray. You know, I like so Kyler Murray is so small, right? And the mm-hmm. ball is so big. Look like Every Stewie Griffin. Does, it's I'm like so impressed in the way I am like an ant carrying something like three times the size. Yeah. Like, right? Isn't it like, like 70 yeah. times the size? Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure. I'm not a math guy, <laughs> not a math guy, but I just got to say, like, I think we should all like, it is impressive how far Kyler Murray can throw that ball mm-hmm. in the same way that like an ant shows its strength. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's a perfect comparison. That's a very good point. Yeah. And I, it might even be like a hundred times its own body weight, which is probably close for Kyler Murray mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, moving on the run Quick game. side tangent on join love there. Yeah, so very, thank yeah. you for, thank you for bearing with me. Yes. Um, the run game, 
I mean, it was just as bad as the passing game almost. Only ran it you know, four times in the first half. <laughs> how many how many carries did Aaron Jones have? Uh, Aaron Jones on the day had five carries. <laughs> five, yo, he should have five carries on the first drive. It's tough because... <laughs> so the offensive line played better than I expected pass blocking, but especially in the middle... There was just, they were getting eaten up in the trenches. Well, no, because there was a drive. I think it was like their second drive where they ran A.J. Dillon twice for like six yards and then threw it three three straight times. That's Punted what I was going to say. One, one of my positives is A.J. Dillon, and it's, we're dumb. You know, we're dumb watching the game, mm. and it's like, okay, if we're getting our lunch eaten in the trenches, this is a A.J. Dillon game. I feel like there's times where like you get a couple drives in, it's like, okay, this is an Aaron Jones game. Okay, this is an A.J. Dillon game. In my dumb brain, I was like, this is very clearly an A.J. Dillon, like he's going to have to run some people over. And yes. when he got the ball, he was successful. But for whatever reason, we went away from that early. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Tried to score 17 points in two plays. Yeah, Aaron Jones had his bad game. Five carries, nine yards, 1.8 average. Kylan Hill, uh, five carries, 14 yards, 2.8 average. So, Oh, I guess, well, I mean, I'm sure like two or three carries of Kylan Hill came in garbage time. But he was in there when, I mean... The game was times. out of reach, but it was, you know, the starters were still in. Yeah. I mean, that was interesting. Yeah. When, like we talked about before, um, how we need to get him involved. We saw on Sunday, we have to get Kylan Hill involved, as Andy Herman was saying, when nothing else is working. Like, I, I think Kylan Hill is the least of our worries. Yeah. Right like, now. imagine saying that, like, imagine someone telling you that in August, like, yeah, hey, week one, we got to make sure to get Kylan Hill involved. It's like, no. Yeah. Um, moving on to the defense. We'll try to breeze over this. I think most of this is overarching stuff that we talked about with Joe Barry anyways. Uh, it's not yeah. that scary. Overall, they were bad. Zero sacks, three QB hits, 5.4 yards per play. Uh, as we know, does, does the, uh, does the three QB hits, does that include the <laughs> vicious and quite frankly, dangerous for the sport hit from on Zadaria Smith on Jameis? It was... <laughs> I mean, honestly, I I was watching it with my little cousin. He's six years old, and he started crying. He he started it was crying. So no, because it was such a violent hit. <laughs> yeah. I had to cover his eyes. They kept showing the replay for some reason. Yeah, and he was just he was crying his eyes out because it was so like this is what you're doing NFL by allowing hits like that. You are making young children not want to play football as yeah as a lot of guys have said it's like he was literally flagged because he hit him hard it's that play it's so oh yeah they literally could use that clip to show the right way like a textbook yeah like all right so this is how you're not gonna get flagged like he he is nowhere near james's head he doesn't use his own head at all he is a shoulder does not land on him somehow and it, it, it's not late. It was seriously, literally textbook. It's so, so funny. Yeah, unbelievable. Moving on to someone who, well, okay, Hank. Hank, you need something? I just, you know, sometimes I've, I've had a lot of jobs, right? And they all don't always last long. Mm-hmm. I, I, might, I might have issues with authority. Yeah, they don't understand um, you. They don't. And they don't, and like, but you know, when you have a boss and they tell you to do something, and they give you a process, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when I'm taking in cars at the car wash, right? Like, one of the most important things is, like, we got to your license plate number. We got to do this and that. Sure. Busy time um, of year, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, we got to check license, right? Um, and and it's tough because, like, I'm, I'm doing my job. And then something goes wrong. And my boss is like, 
why the hell did you do it this way? Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm like, because you fucking told me to. <laughs> yeah, it's very and, similar. Sorry, I know I'm very complaining right now. I'm in a very complaining, hanky kind of mood. Um, been in a very toxic environment for the last couple days. Um, but that's just how I feel. You know, it just feels like, well, how, how can I do, how can I do this right? And um, I, I, so I feel for Zedarius. I feel for that. You were giving clear instructions. You follow those clear instructions and yet still penalized for it. It's, it's a damn shame. So sticking along those lines for, you know, a process and knowing how things are going to go or how they're supposed to, uh, it's crazy that we're this far into the episode and we still haven't talked about Kevin King. Kevin King played 56 snaps, same as Jair outside. Uh, Eric Stokes only played eight. Kyle, where do where do we want to begin with Kevin King? You know, I think the first episode of the season that you were on, you know, I asked you what are, what do we know about Kevin King, and I said it's hurt. He's usually hurt, but what you said is he's always playing, you know, eight yards off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And once again, we the most Kevin King play ever, where he's playing eight yards off the receiver. The receiver runs a straight go route and catches the ball for a touchdown. Once again, eight yards away from Kevin King. I So I questioned bringing him back just because like Casey Hayward was signed for the same amount of money. And if you want to sign a veteran guy who doesn't have legs, we could have signed Patrick Peterson as well. Mm. But I mean, he was like 10 million, though. I don't think or seven, 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 eight million. Kevin King was like five. Somehow. Oh, true. Yeah. Six and a half. Um, I'm fine with bringing him back. But if you're bringing him back, why in the hell are you putting him out in space? It's. A uh, little tangent here. I wore my Al Harris jersey on Sunday, hope, hoping that would help Ooh, out. You know, nice. One, he you know just made it to the Packers Ring Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I thought maybe, you know, a more tenacious defense. Al Harris was known for bumping receivers at the line of scrimmage. Mm. Well, that did not help at all because it was exactly the opposite. Kyle, how do you feel about uh, one Kevin King? I feel stupid. I don't know. I don't know why I allowed myself to even sort of talk myself back into it i i i i I tried so hard at justifying it when they when they re-signed him and i just uh i regret that it's and i think i mean i don't i don't know how stokes could possibly be eight snaps for him to be worse would I mean, I don't even know how that's possible. So you just, you need to, you need to, you need to make the move. There's no, I don't know. I'm not in those meetings and how practice goes, but it's just so, it's been so painfully obvious the last, since the second half of last year that you just need to, he he can't be your second cornerback. It's, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, When he was binged up a bit last year too, and Josh Jackson came in and he played just as good as Kevin King, it's like that might have been a sign right there that we should probably move on from both of those mm-hmm. guys. But yeah, it's I don't know the secondary as a whole was pretty bad. Uh, Shannon Sullivan didn't have a great game either. I do guess we, do we have an update on Savage yet? No, no, we. Lafleur oh, didn't wait, have we a should, presser today. We should though. At, it's Wednesday. I mean, yeah, it's it's simple. Well, it's Wednesday. it's a Monday game too, though, so we actually won't know until tomorrow. Yeah, that all gets pushed back a day, so they don't have to say anything until then. But 
it's and you talked about it there too with Eric Stokes. Well, you know how if nothing else, he can't be worse. And I think it's the same thing when you look at the defensive line. There was a lot of talk, and I said it myself last week, where I think this defensive line might finally be okay. Training camp, allegedly, Dean Lowry was looking better. You know, we have TJ Slayton and the trash can full of dirt, Jack mm. Heflin, who mm. was a healthy scratch in this game. It's to that point where, once again, we've the national media has talked so much about how Aaron Rodgers, you know, the Packers haven't gotten weapons for him. The real guy who needs weapons around him is Kenny Clark. <laughs> you know, he really hasn't had any help. And we know Lancaster isn't it. We know Dean Lowry isn't it. Can we please just try out Jack Slayton and TJ Slayton? Because like you said with Kevin King, they can't be worse than D La- Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster. It's just... Yeah, they know. really did nothing to improve one of the weakest position groups on the team in the D-line. And it was very evident in week one. And again, it's just going to be the same shit this whole year where they're going to beat up on teams on, on bad quarterbacks and teams that can't run the ball, but a team that can run the ball or a quarterback who will take the six to eight yards you're giving them. Yep. is just going to score 28 plus points. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think in that first quarter too, Kenny, Almost sacked Jameis Winston, but he just barely got out of his grasp there. And, God, and there was and, a couple dropbacks for Jameis where so close. I mean, he well, no, not even. He's oh, just patting the, the ball, the world, patting yes. the ball, patting the ball, yes. and it's like excruciating. Four man rush every single time yep. that was going on too. But yeah, that's the other thing. How many, how many blitzes, if any? I honestly like can't. If we blitzed, it's like we sent five. You know, like we weren't. And then, yeah, that was like I don't even like consider that a blitz. That's no. just like. I don't know. And then half the time you're looking That's hat on like, hat right there. We have a spy or someone just up close to the line. It's like, what's, what's the point of this right now? We just have guys standing around. It's. And then uh, uh, Campbell doesn't look to be much of an upgrade, if at all, to Kirksey. We'll see. Uh, I saw because Tom Silverstein said a similar thing where he thought he got his he had a terrible game as well. He said that right after the game on his podcast, but then after watching the tape, he said he actually wasn't that bad. It, I, <laughs> I watched too, even that Camara little, little, uh, out route that he had where he picked up the first down. Like he was close enough it, for the green Bay Packers covering Alvin Camara. Like Campbell at least was able to tackle him on the play, which is an upgrade from what we usually have on defense. So, I don't know. We'll I mean, see what there. a low bar. I know, incredibly low. He, him he, and Barnt almost <laughs> made the play. That's the defense. And I think like the thing with middle linebacker, like without other positions, is like all those other positions were like, why not this guy? Mm. Right? Why not? Why not try this guy? Well, we know we know the experiment that lies behind the middle linebackers. Oh. <laughs> And that is that summer's is one, not over, folks. Yeah, that is not one fit for science class. <laughs> summer's leads to the fall. Oh, Ooh, damn. oh, might take you a second. Might take you a second. <laughs> I think we got that one pretty quickly there. Like fall, like autumn. Oh, thank you. Yes. And then fall, like like tumble. The best jokes are the ones that you have to to explain, spell out. Yeah, right, pretty good. I don't know who else we want to talk about. Amos seemed to have a fine game. Savage was kind of up and down. Oh, the outside linebackers. Kyle, what do you think about Zedarius? I had a rant a couple of weeks ago, and it's only gotten worse. We, I don't know how oh, much I, uh, to talk about this. I actually never too. got to, um, what's the word, 
chastise you, I think, mm-hmm. for your uh, Jay Sternberger rant. That was, I mean, that was. I don't even. You, you, I mean, you turned 67 years old in one take. That was amazing. I forgot. What was it again? You said, I don't like the you way said he wasn't allowed to post on Instagram <laughs> in, until he made first team all pro. <laughs> I, so I don't bizarre, think I dude. That. I mean, that's basically what you said. You're like, don't post <laughs> outfits on Instagram. You're a rookie. You haven't even caught a preseason ball. You're not wrong. So I just wanted to shame you quick. I'm sorry. No, that's totally fine. Totally justified. We'll have to revisit this, Kyle, a couple years from now when you're my age, because I was in that same boat. But the longer you watch (laughs) football, the longer you... You should not participate in social media (laughs) unless you're catching a thousand yards in a season. You know, and I had this thought yesterday, too, when I was writing up the outline. And I'm like, God, there's so much garbage. I'm like, you know what? It would be nice almost to go back in time where I could just bitch about Jay Sternberger. You know, that shit doesn't matter. Uh, absolutely doesn't matter. This shit, this week, a little bit different. But we were talking about the outside linebackers oh, there. Oh, Zedarius. Um, I'm yeah, I don't know. I don't like what's going on with him that, right now. What, that he's like not good anymore? Well, I think he's still good. <laughs> I mean, he, he was the guy who, you know, at least showed up, even though it didn't show up in the stat sheet. But... Do you notice the thing he was doing where he would like, he'd like pump up. I always like that stuff. I love the pump up the crowd. And then he would like be standing where like the middle backer stands. And then he'd kind of like run up to the line. And I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. And you'd think it, it should help his, his kind of get off. But I like that stuff, but no one really exemplifies the Packers defense over the last decade. than Zadarius Smith too, where he is a front runner, where he's very good. He's a very good pass rusher. He does not set the edge in the run game. You know, he's very excited before the game, you know, excited for the season. But then afterwards, it's, you know, we lose two NFC championship games like I talked about before. He had no sacks in either of those games. He doesn't really seem to show up when it matters, just like the Packers defense mm. in the last decade as well. I'm there's wow, the whole that is it's true. Unfortunately, Oof. I wish I was wrong. Uh, and then there's the whole captain. De- I know the, the whole captain debacle now as well, where he wasn't voted a captain. And now yesterday he posted on Instagram this new chain he's getting of the captain seal, which it's like, what are you going to wear this stupid? Did you see this? Well, no, like a like like on the jersey, like yeah, a so chain of it. Let me explain for people oh, who might not know. No. One, Zedarius wasn't voted captain. No, he was captain no. the last two years. They voted in Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, and Adrian Amos, which, I mean, those guys all seem like solid captains to me. Zedarius wasn't voted in, tweeted, wow, and then the thinking emoji. Mm. Since then, he has posted on Instagram a new chain he's going to get of the captain logo, and also, this is super petty, and dumb. It was posted on Reddit. He also took out uh, outside linebacker for the Green Bay Packers in his Instagram mm. account. So it's very stupid. It's funny because I've said this before where I'm 29 years old. I look at Zadarius Smith and I'm like, how in the hell is this guy 29 years old too? But now with this Holy petty shit, shit on social media, it's like, oh, you are a 29. <laughs> that makes sense. Ah, that is extremely worrisome. I, I knew about the wow tweet and yeah i get like yeah he has every right to be pissed he wasn't a captain i mean he was a captain last year but it's like but it's, then, pack, it's oh. the guys inside the locker room who, yeah like, just and the whole captain up. chain thing that is very worrisome yeah i, I would just like to say that Zedarius is the best of us and to be quite honest like i'm mad for him and so maybe i'll take the alternate tank 
or the alternate take, sorry. Sometimes like Hank and take just kind of <laughs> come together in weird ways. But one of the things one of the things about this is have you seen anyone smile more than Zadarius? Not only in your right. life, but obviously just on the Packers. And so like he's making everyone happy all the time. Obviously he's like number one smile on the Packers. And like just there's just like such a heart there. And so, like, obviously, like, it's it just, it hurts to know that he's not captain and that, like, I don't know, maybe his smile isn't permeating through that locker room like it once did. Well, we, we know why that is, right? <laughs> that is, no, that is actually a good take, though. He's more like a, like, he, he has been, since he signed here, like, the kind of emotional energy leader. And, yeah, I, I agree. His, his his smile can't shine through the locker room because he's one of the players who has to wear a mask who, at all times. So wait, oh, he's not. He's not vaxxed. Oh, yeah. Is he? Um, who who are the defensive captains? Uh, Amos, Alexander, Jair. and Kenny Clark. Like who? Like are you okay. really gonna bitch about taking? Who are you gonna get rid of there? Yeah, I mean, uh, Amos doesn't really i mean like yeah great leader I, yeah but I he's i don't know i don't he's know the most steady guy. he's the room. most consistent guy on that yeah for sure part and he's he was he showed up on sunday too yes he was sort one of a few but i don't i think that's all we have for this game we went pretty long there as we usually tend to but with that uh we will have a quick break and then have is kyle an idiot Ooh. i'm not an idiot okay you sure yes All right, and we are back. Is Kyle an idiot for the week? Oh, baby. It's been a while. Kyle, you are 0-0-0 zero, zero, zero for so, the year. not an idiot, but not not an idiot. Yeah, what are you? Are you, you know, are you the Packers offense where we don't know what you are, but we assume you're going to be great? Or are you the Packers defense where we don't know what you are, but we think we you're know, probably going to be shitty? No, we know you. <laughs> First question. I'll give you some hints here. Well... You don't have to do that. We'll see. The Green Bay Packers uh, have five players from this college. The most pl- the most players on the Packers come from this college. What is that college? Okay, college. Um, I'll give five. you five. They have five. Five. Two of them aren't easy. I'll give you. This is the clue. I'll Practice give you. Squad. One, no practice squad players. One is a starter on offense. One is a starter on defense. One is a starter on special teams. Okay. Um, offense, defense. I feel like if I ask for the conference, that might give it away. So I'm not going to ask that quite yet. Um, five. There's five of them. Five of them. Two on of them offense. are lesser known players. One is new to the squad. All right. This how about year. this? Is it a power five conference? Uh yeah, it's a it's a big school. So yeah, okay. Um, one on offense, one on defense. Iowa State, no. Cal, no. UTEP, no. An offensive. Where did Billy turn? Mississippi. Oh, defense. Who would be the defensive starter for Mississippi State? Uh. I'm I'm just going to go with Mississippi State. 
Kyle, you were correct. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I was I was hoping you were gonna think too hard there and double back and not do it. Elton, who's the defensive starter? Elton, Preston Smith. Preston. Kylan. I thought he was A and M for some reason, but no, if that makes sense now. Kylan Hill, the State. kick returner. Yep. Uh Chauncey Rivers, the new outside linebacker, uh, and Hunter Bradley. Oh, to, our boy Hunter Bradley. And if you're counting the IR2, Will Redman uh, went oh, to Mississippi State geez, as well. We're a bunch so of Bulldogs. Quite a few. Yeah. So very good, Kyle. That Thank was, you. That was a, uh, a know. number one. Wow. I literally have a, a, thousand, a thousand winning percentage. Want to know. Yeah. Very good. Uh, second question. This was from f- the Football Outsiders this week. The Packers' 43 total rushing yards on Sunday was their lowest output on the ground. Since James Starks. <laughs> Just go ahead. <laughs> since week 16 of 2016. Who was the leading rusher in that game? <laughs> uh, boy, 16? 2016. Uh, so the next year is when we drafted Jamal and Aaron Jones. 2016. It was week 16 against the Vikings, uh, Christmas Eve. Oh my God. And that was 16 0, wasn't it? Uh, no, that w- it wasn't that. We actually won this. Oh, week. no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kicked the shit out of him. Yep. Um, I think the only guess I have is um, Kristen Michael. No, sorry. You were wrong. That is, there's pretty much two guesses you can go there michael or someone who we faced on sunday ty montgomery oh dude i was i was one of the last remaining survivors on ty island i I was such a believer in him i was a believer too because you know it was that bears game where he he had like nine carries for 130 yards or something and he just looked like i was like wow this receiver converted running back Looks so much the part. He I thought a, he was going to be a stud for a long time. He was an time. innovator of the weird number thing too, because it yeah, was the eighty-eight to see yeah. the eighty-eight in the backfield, and yeah, Loved he that. He ran for twenty-six yards that game. Rogers had thirteen rushing yards, and actually, Ty credit to him. He had a great play on that punt. Yeah, I I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but one of the most underrated plays in football is a punter trying to is a punting team trying to pin a team deep inside the five. So electric. And Ty dove out and literally caught the punt. It was a great play. And, hey, uh, we weren't able to talk about it much, but, hey, the other positive on this game, punting was pretty okay. Pretty okay. What do we say around here? Hang time. It's pretty chill. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Flawless. Flawless move there. <laughs> All right. One and one. Kyle, this is the last one. As always, a little segue to our next segment. All right. We are playing the Lions on Monday Night Football next week, so we will be facing one Jamal Williams. Mm. Who has more rushing yards in Packers history, Jamal Williams or James Starks? Wow, that's an impossible question. That's an impossible question. I I would feel confident about either answer. That's what makes it tough. So, Jamal did not sign a second contract. True. James Starks. James Starks might have. Did. But I know that there was a stretch during James Starks' tenure where they didn't have a 100-yard rusher for like 
I think it was like 30 plus games straight. He, but he was the guy who broke the uh, that streak That's as well. Right. Yeah. But he was also the guy who like <laughs> was was the guy throughout it. After. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I am I am totally shooting here. It's like this is like a a, a galaxy brain trick question because it's like oh oh you'd think it'd be Starks because he was here for longer, but you'd also think it would be Jamal because he had maybe better games, better individual. <sighs> All right, I'm gonna go. I don't want to go one and two. I'm going to go. It's got to be Starks. I'm going Starks. James Starks had 2,506 yards rushing for the Green Bay Packers. There's no way Jamal touched Jamal Williams had 1,985. Yes. Very good, pal. And it is. So you were right when you were saying the second contract thing. That was one of the biggest things. Mm. But looking at the numbers, too, a little surprising, at least for me. Starks had an average of 4.1 yards per carry, and Jamal Williams for the Packers had a 4.0 yards per carry. So Starks was actually a better Pretty running good. back for us, which I, off the cuff, I would have thought Jamal had a better. Yeah, because carry. I always thought when Jamal came in and was RB1, he always had really good games. Like he always right. filled in nicely. And even when he was RB2, I think they always gave him good touches, and he always made the most of his touches. God, I miss him. For sure. Yeah. Well, We'll get right into it now. The preview for the Detroit Lions game. We were playing the Lions on Monday. Oh, Night I was Football. actually. Uh, oh, I you have, have one. I have a stump spending. Oh my god, perfect. And it and what it is is I actually don't have one. <laughs> it's again, it's keeping with the theme as an ode to the Packers, showing up completely unprepared. Uh, yeah, so that's your stump spending for the week. <laughs> perfect. Perfect segue. All right. The Detroit Lions, <laughs> shout out Mike McCarthy, Detroit. Um, we were playing them on Monday night football, an extra day to, you know, get our bearings straight again. 7.15 kickoff, Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, Brian Greasy, who kind of the newer Monday night. What did, do you think of them? I uh, I was going to ask, did you, I mean, they're, it, it's good that you don't notice them. Yeah. Like with Witten and uh, Booger, it was like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is painful. Like they they weren't saying anything very interesting. And that, I mean, I guess that's kind of the case with these guys, but they're not saying stuff painfully uninteresting. Yeah, they're very they're very vanilla, which is good. Usually when they get like a sports center anchor to do the Monday night stuff, it's like, "Eh, but like Steve Levy is pretty He's right down the line. I'm fine. I'm fine with him. I haven't watched. I can't remember if I don't think they did the Monday night game we had with them last year, but they did? Okay, well, there you go. I guess I don't remember them being bad, so that's a positive. Hank here. Just wanted to contribute to this Booger-Witten discussion. So I'm actually a big fan of the Booger-Witten chemistry. And I, the reason why, I mean, I think it's deep-seated. So, I, you know, I think I, I live in a pretty toxic household with my aunt and uncle. And they're fighting a lot. <laughs> We've heard. Right? Yeah, they're fighting a lot. It's, you know, I'm always on edge. Um, I always think that like tonight's going to be the night something happens. And, okay. and so, and that's the kind of the feeling I got with Witten and Booger, right? Like they were at each other's throat. Like you could tell, yeah. you could tell that they were not friends like outside of work. Um, and I kind of love that tension. Like maybe at times, maybe at times it was aggressive and maybe at times it got a little horny and there's okay. just, wow. there was just moments with Witten and Booger that I felt like I wasn't just watching a game, but I was watching a game of life. 
And just one thing, I think I would like the Eli and Peyton thing more if it wasn't in a house and it was at a game. Like, I don't I don't really want to be in Peyton's living room. There's something that feels awkward about that. To You're me. used to basements, yeah. Yeah, I'm way more used to basements. <laughs> That's actually a very solid take and a, a, a dynamic I miss, I, I don't remember about that. About, yeah, there, I... I mean, legitimately, I think there was tension at times between Booger and Witten. And, be, and I, because I remember Booger was on the Booger Mobile. And maybe that's why it's like they felt like they could talk tough more because they, yeah, were, separated they were separated and they yeah, could just like point. disagree with each other. That I, I, that's a really good point I forgot <laughs> okay. about. But um, no, I was going to ask, did you catch that Monday night game? Ra- Raiders, Ravens, great game, by the way. Did you, I've heard great things about the Manning. I didn't. Uh, I, did, I did not catch it either. I didn't, that, I didn't like, realize it until like the third quarter. And then I was like, well, at this point. Eh. That's the way media is going to where it's like comment, commenters and stuff, you know, like Twitch almost. Like that's yeah. essentially what they were doing, just commenting on the game. At some point, we are going to have guys like that, like multiple broadcasts who are actually at the game too. Like that's for the best. No so I did catch like I'd say the first half mm-hmm. and it was like there were things that were like good about it because like we weren't dealing with what it was like last year. But I think maybe like they had like two big boxes like over the game. So you got like less of the game. So, oh, like, so, I, like, I did see complaints about that. Yeah. And then like they would video people in like they had like Charles Barkley and like <laughs> which was like kind of funny because he's like he's like Derek Carr. Why is Derek Carr always overthrowing people? You know? Yeah. Just and being a silly goose. So, yeah. Moments like that. But like, at the same time, like there was something that just felt like a little lifeless and too quiet about a football game. Like. I just want to kind of forget where I am when I'm watching a football game. <laughs> and like, I knew very much where I was. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I heard it was a little, a little rocky with like transitions and, and, and filling, filling air. And, uh, like, I know some people complained about the kind of lack of graphics where like, Oh, this person has this amount of catches for this yard. I guess it like is that, early but. on. We'll see if, what adjustments they'll make or if they're going to be a Joe Barry type defense to make adjustments <laughs> whatsoever. But back to the preview of the Lions game. Uh, the Packers are favored by 10 last I saw over under 48 and a half. I, I think it's up to 11 now. Okay. Uh, Hank, the fact checker. Can you uh, check that? Um, the all-time series Packers are up 102, 72 and seven, seven ties with the Lions. Did you say that again? 172 to 102. 72 and 7. Okay. So Packers are winning that one, obviously. I'll run through just kind of a preview of what the lines have looked like. Offense that are obviously 0-1, had the Niners last week, had that big comeback, but still lost 33-41. to God, that would have been one of one of the greatest backdoor covers of all time. They were 7.5-point dogs, lost by 8. Oh, really? I thought they did cover. I think, well... I guess it Depending really depends because I think yeah. right before I think the line was like moving to nine before kick, sense. but like I because I was like bullshitting with some buddies and they were like, "Oh, the Niners are just gonna kick the shit out of the lines," and I'm like, "I don't know, man. The line like NFL's weird. The lines at home week one, like I could just see them covering seven and a half points, and they almost did." In my Survivor League, you know, a lot of people took the Niners, and I was like, "Oh, hey, sure." Something felt funky about that game, and it almost was yeah. at the end. Uh, Jared Goff in that game, thirty. 38 for 57, 338 yards, three touchdowns, uh, one interception, 
So 30 of his completions were thrown within seven yards of the line of scrimmage. So you see his stats, and they're pretty mm. good. But at the same time, it's check down king, which is what Jared Goff always has been. Jamal Williams, their leading rusher, 54 yards on nine carries, a six-yard uh, average. One touchdown, Swift had two more carries than Jamal and ran for 39 yards. Hawkinson was their leading receiver, eight receptions, 30 79 yards and a touchdown. Swift and Jamal each had eight catches. Uh, Swift for 65 yards, Williams for 56. So they were very involved. Mm. Amon Ra, St. Brown, EQ's brother, had two catches in that game. And Quentin Cephas, the old Badger, uh, he had three receptions as well. So that's their offense. Kind of QT play. Kind of mad. Their defense is obviously not very good still, it seems like. Gave up the 41 points, 442 yards. The Niners were getting eight yards per play. They uh, only got one sack. Neither Collins or their other outside linebacker obviously had any, but Jimmy Collins, once again, like any free agent signing for the Lions. Has Disaster. Been, yeah. How's, yeah. uh, who's the other one? Trey Flowers. So he's still, he's still on the team, right? I mean, he signed like a five-year deal. I can't remember. I didn't read anything about him. Maybe he was hurt. Or, or maybe he just turned into another guy, which yeah. <laughs> free agents usually hey, can do. Can we get a fact check on that where uh, Flowers plays? Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers. The end. <laughs> okay. He's, the, Hank still doesn't have any data, so we'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, Wait, yeah, their, yeah, fine. Go ahead. their secondary was awful. Uh, real young defense still. Jimmy G had, and this is Jimmy G, a 12.6 yards per attempt, which was the third highest of his career. His first incompletion came with 39 seconds left in the first half. Um, their first round pick from last year, Jeff o- Okuda, is out for the season from Ohio State, I believe. They aren't a good team. They only had three pro bowlers last year, two Hawkinson, Ragnow, and their punter. So, not a good team. Uh, I don't know. I think it's one of those where you couldn't ask for a better bounce back situation. I think Monday Night Football at Lambeau against the Lions, who are the Lions. I think they could get better as the season goes on, but I don't know. I feel good. If, If something bad happens here, if we're talking a week from now... And the Packers lose again. I think we're really stressed. Oh out, yeah, it's but. it's it's you you firmly no you don't firmly you absolutely smash the panic button if they don't beat the Lions. Um, I just I wish I just oh man, I really wish that week one wouldn't happen the way it did. It right. really it really changes my outlook on the trajectory of this season. Like I like to consider myself a optimistic fan and someone who thinks the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl every year, but good Lord I, Packers fandom since their last Super Bowl has made me jaded. And it's not lost on me that we're insanely spoiled. I mean, just great quarterback play. We've got to witness every Sunday is usually fun because we win more games than we lose or a, overwhelmingly more games than we lose and I just I just feel like it's the same script it's going to be the same script as last year now that's not to say they're incapable of winning the Super Bowl they they would have won the Super Bowl last year if they would have seized one of the three opportunities they got in the NFC Championship but I just I don't want to get ahead of myself on this season but it's just the way the week one played out it it, the writing feels like it's on the wall I I know what you mean we talked about it last year too week one I don't know if you remember this but it's the narrative thing the week one narratives and how they seem to live throughout the rest of the season we said after the first game 
hey, Aaron Rodgers could be an MVP. He ended up winning the MVP. And now it's like, you know, depending on how this game goes, you can obviously change that narrative. But I think we'll always think back to this and this will kind of linger with the possible dysfunction going on. I with, and, with the team. and now that I'm thinking about it, I think the week one embarrassment is much more much more justifiable if that whole circus doesn't happen this offseason cuz then right. you could you can yes. make the case and you could make the case you know right now for that but without the circus you can make the case oh you know they're just still kind of hung over from a very tough NFC championship loss they yep. were they were on the door to to go to the Super Bowl like you can make that argument but when you factor in all the circus and the Oh, we're the hungriest team ever. We're so focused. We're we, yeah. we know how close we are. Then it's kind of like it is strange. Uh, it's once again this next week is going to be huge. And you were kind of talking about it too, where it's like you get in that same mindset. It's like going into the season. It's like okay, you have that hope, and now it's like oh, fuck. It's the same thing. I always I've said a bunch of times now. This is preseason. I truly think the biggest positive from Sunday is the NFC North is absolute dog shit. Yep. We're going to win the North. Even yep. if the defense is bad, yep. we're going to win the North. So it's just fuck. We we were hoping maybe the defense is going to turn around. That looks unlikely right now. So it's all right. It's what we've had the last 10 years. A really good offense and a subpar defense. Let's let's, let's see if pray Rogers go superhuman. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully we make improvements. I don't know. If we if we start pressing on Monday, that would be nice. You know, just little bits. Seeing Preston play corner, God, I <laughs> I need to stop getting on these tangents again. So, with all that being said, Kyle, what do you think? Uh, what are your predictions for? Um, this game? I'm gonna just keep it simple. I think they they win. Um, but I'm just a little uh, a little tinged still from week one, so I don't think they're gonna you know, burn Lambo down by any means. So I'll say uh, 31, 21 good guys. That is a very reasonable score. I, you know, you go back and forth, you feel dumb after uh, predicting last week and obviously us getting completely shit on. I think the Packers win. I don't think they cover. I have them mm. winning 34 to 28, maybe mm. a late surge from the Lions like they had last week. I think you can kind of expect that from this defense. I don't know, a bit of a high-scoring game Monday night under the lights. We'll we'll see. Mr. Hank? I still feel the hand on my ass, the red mark uh-huh. that it leaves behind. And I don't whose know. Whose hand? I don't know. I don't know whose hand it was. <laughs> Just in, whole, a dark, Sunday, in a dark, crowded bar? The whole Sunday. The Sunday's hand, I guess. Sunday's <laughs> hand. Ah, there it is. Okay. But... I don't know. I, I, I'm having so much trouble picking a score. I'm feeling fatalistic. Mm, relatable. I haven't been outside much, you know. Um, been going inward, <laughs> you know. And so I th- I never thought I never thought that I would, on my first week, predict an L. But I feel like I have to for the team. Oh, because no. Because last week <laughs> I predicted a dub. This is the right way to do it. Yeah. Mm. And also, I'm looking at our last few bouts with the Lions. Mm. Well, maybe not last year, but the year before when we didn't lead at all, when we had like fluky wins. Mm -hmm. Led for zero seconds. Yeah, led for zero seconds. And, you know, I just, I feel like our time getting lucky and kind of like getting lucky with the Lions who kind of have our number sometimes. 
we might I mean, I don't know if last week I don't even feel like last week was a wake up call. I feel like losing to the Lions would be the wake up call. Mm. And so, you know, we can't go fifteen and two without two losses. True. And so I'm gonna say twenty four twenty one. Boo Bad guys. Boo this man. Boo. Well, shocking that Hank was the uh, pessimist of, of yeah, the, we're not the expected that. Dweller. Yeah. So, uh, I guess rolling right along, Kyle. What is your bold prediction? Oh, um, no, you go first. All right. Wow. Still not prepared. That <laughs> so, I do think this will be a bounce back game. Someone who has had a lot of hype going into the season, and it couldn't be better with you know the leader of the fan club or as he would say the mvs express Mm. here today i think mvs has two touchdowns on monday you know their corners are kind of banged up maybe you know rogers wants to silent the haters and go deep on a couple plays mvs could be that guy so two touchdowns for mvs very nice i um i'm nervous about this one it's kind of it's I just the the confidence I have in this bowl prediction is is very very low. Usually I like to pick something that is something I could actually see happening. But this I I I don't know. I'm conflicted because Dan Campbell strikes me as a guy who takes an insane amount of pride in having a good special teams. Like he he's the yeah. type of guy who just like is like special teams is more important than a quarterback sort of sort of guy sort of philosophy. And so with that being said. I think the Packers return a punt for a touchdown. Ooh, that is that is uh, very very bold, Hank. What is your prediction? Bold prediction. Yeah, so I've been thinking about this for a while, and I'm gonna do something that's never been done before. Oh, I'm gonna do something that's never been done before on the pod. Okay, I'm gonna. Continue on my fatalistic streak (laughs) because I've been feeling bad. And when I'm feeling bad, everything's bad. And so I'm saying that we have Aaron Jones with a turnover and Rodgers with a turnover. God, that's that's pretty brutal. I hope you're wrong. And then, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But two turnovers, no interceptions. So so that's, that's, uh, that's my bold prediction. All right. Well, that wraps up our prediction. Preview. I just will. We can Spence. We can talk about this later. But I would like, you know, after what Hank just shared, that um, I guess I'll I'll be sneaky with it. But per- pretend I'm Aaron Rodgers and he's Jake Kumaro, uh-huh. and I just praised him for being on this pod. Uh-huh. Wink, wink. So you know what comes next. Oh, we need to. Oh my God. Okay. Well. We'll we'll see if you're here next week. Or, we'll talk about it later, though. Yeah, we'll we'll have. Discussions. I don't want to be too obvious. Yeah, bring your iPad. <laughs> but with that, uh, as we talked about earlier, trying something new here with the outro. Uh, we obviously have an amazing producer, fact checker, car wash, cashier. Really smooth, actually. The new segment to close out the pod, our cord guy. So of course, according to Hank. <laughs> Hank obviously has a lot of thoughts, so we might as well give a little segment for him to let that out. He let out a couple opinions already today, but Hank, what do you have for us this week? All right, I have I have four 
four things I want to talk about today, really, that have been eating me up. Mm-hmm. Three are short, and one is going to be, bear with me, a little bit longer. This might be my last time on the pod if this doesn't go well. So, hoping it does, because this is like literally the only thing in my life right now that is keeping me till next Monday. And so, what I will say is that some of this may be, for you Rogers, Rogers lovers, a little triggering. Okay. Um, but it's not going to be about anything on the field hmm. at all. And so, it's going to be... I will say that I still love Rodgers and that I want him to be our quarterback this whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm having some, I'm having some thoughts, dark thoughts. So my first thing is if you really love someone, let them throw. <laughs> and so I really, I'm just thinking like throw the season, However you want to interpret that. Some, I mean, I'm thinking Jordan Love, right? If you really love someone, oh. let them throw. So if I see another game like I saw on Sunday, I'm buying a Love jersey. Whoa. I'm, I'm buying a Love jersey and I'm wearing it every game. That is, wow. And that is me saying I don't think we'll see another game like that. Um, I am. It's almost like a challenge. I have literally I thrown that. my bold prediction and then also thrown my game score in the favor of winning this week. I respect so that. I took I took it for the team. Thank you. It hurts as a fan to do that, um, but I wanted to make sure that I bet exactly how I did not bet last, or I predicted in the opposite manner. I, yeah, that actually makes a lot so of sense. So the second one is AJ Spillin. Because A.J. Dillon has been spilling everywhere for me. Everywhere I go, I see big legs. I don't understand it. I, I, I'm i sitting here at home, and every time he runs, it's like, you know, it's like four yards, four yards, five yards. And then we never see him again. Hmm. But I see him everywhere. You know, it's like the guy at work who's always doing his job and doing it efficiently and well. But then you have Chet in the main office with slick back hair, long locks, chopping it up with the boss and the glass case windows, you know. Always a guy named Chet. Always You're a guy so named right. Chet. And with a last name like fucking Johnson. Hamilton. Hamilton. Yes. And so that's kind of how, how I feel. Just let A.J. Dillon go. Let him go. A.J. Spillin. Yeah, A.J. Spillin. Four is King Me. Because I think we forget one thing with the Kevin King drama is that it's really teaching us how to be a better friend, a better lover, a better lover um, of people. Because Matt LaFleur will go to bat for Kevin King no matter <laughs> what. And so you want one thing I realize is that every king needs a strong queen. And Matt LaFleur is really teaching us how to queen. <laughs> I thought you were going to actually just pine for a, a trade of Patrick Queen. That would have been... Uh... <laughs> That'd have been a good idea. Yeah, Upgrade someone, over Campbell too. Someone can dream. Anyone can dream that we we will never trade for a middle linebacker. Yeah, true. All right, and my last one is Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, oh. It is with a heavy heart I do what I'm about to do and say what I'm about to say. I haven't felt this conflicted since my aunt told me it was either the garage or the basement, and I started cleaning out the garage and found all the pictures of Uncle and his high school girlfriend. Here it is. 
Aaron Rodgers is officially a bring a blow up flamingo to a pool party. <laughs> Yoga mat in the back seat. Avocado cookbook kind of basic boy. I can't take him serious anymore. It's sad to see your heroes fall. I don't have too many heroes left, to be honest, since Whiplash the Cowboy Monkey stopped showing up in Taco John's commercials. My last great hero is probably my middle school home act teacher, until he got fired for poisoning the annoying kid with a peanut allergy. It's tough to find a real hero nowadays, but I'd like to sit with Aaron Rodgers circa 2005, cool as a cucumber, talking about Halo 3 and normal stuff. No vibes, no flow. No greased back hair looking like one of my uncle's friends who fixes our cars and visits my aunt on the weekend. It wasn't Aaron's performance that broke me. No, it was his book club suggestion on Pat's show last week. The Alchemist is the dumbest, I think, I am smart as shit show of a book that your freshman high school teacher made you read. Just for context here are some reviews. In The Alchemist, you will find people who speak in the inane aphorisms of a pillow. Here's a quote. <laughs> Remember, wherever your heart is, there you will find your treasure. Now, oh, I don't know what God. inane or aphorism really means, but I know that that quote is dumb as shit. And you could try to find, and you could find 50 guys with long hair in Las Vegas pool with that on their lower back next to the not all who are wander are lost tattoo. But perhaps my favorite review, self-help books are not literature. This is just a book that is a self-help book disguised as literature. And trust me, whatever, if you like self-help books, I don't care. What I do care about is having to hear what a deep thinker Aaron Rodgers is every time someone talks about him. Aaron obviously has a great memory, but come on. He's become the pumpkin spice latte of athletes. Ever since Olivia said, I'm out of here, he's been scrambling to reinvent himself as some sort of renaissance man who tells you he reads and is a big deep thinker, then assigns the most empty calorie Big Mac styled book for a book club. <laughs> Just because he uses words like visualize and deep and energy and flow and other buzzy hip boy phrases doesn't make him a philosopher. You know whose favorite book is The Alchemist? Boys who get the countries they study abroad and tattooed on their backs. People who read books written by guys named Chase and Cheryl on a plane and drink sparkling water. The owner of the car wash I work, who tells me to be a team player, then takes a hot dump in the bathroom right before I clean it. I'm done with it. I'm anti-Heron Rogers now. What started as the most painful bro-fest and circle jerk in the bon Bon Iver interview collab in 2019 has reared its ugly head. Deep cut. Cool Aaron is dead. Cringe off the field Aaron impressing people who haven't read a book in five years and NFL commentators is here to stay. To leave you with another beautiful quote you might find written in a pink in a teenager's room, a real-life quote in the book Heron suggested, don't give in to your fears. If you do, you won't be able to talk to your heart. Oh. I don't have anything to say about this other than even me, a below average, average basement dweller, knows that this is the most basic bitch look at me, I read, and am deep move in the book. Even Jake from State Farm knows. Oh my. God, I am 
sweating. I. Oh my god! I don't know what I was expecting. I for the I had no. I thought it was going to be a quick like you know the alchemist is overrated sort of thing, but that was a legit mic drop book club ender. Well. Like you said, Ender right there, you know, we've been doing this podcast. This is now our third season, and we usually, I I think it's almost like Hank knew how we end the show, because Kyle? I I got... I don't have anything else. Kyle, do you have anything else? I got nothing. Hank, do you have anything else? I'm just happy to be here, guys. (laughs) With that, Sturgill Simpson, please don't sue us. Go, Pat, go. I won't be found this old time. It more for a long, long time Gonna get the roads Start looking for the end of that long white line Gonna hit the roads Start looking for the end of that long white line I woke up my baby was gone Without her, don't need no home Gonna hit the roads Start looking for the end of that long white line Gonna hit the roads Start looking for the end of that long white line Tell them I'm somewhere looking for the end of that long white line. Tell them I'm somewhere looking for the end of that long white line. New York City, old St. Joe, Albuquerque, New Mexico. This old rig is humming and rolling, she's doing fine. If somebody wants to know what's become of this so-and-so, tell them I'm somewhere looking for the end of that I'm somewhere looking for the end of that